0: 6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. On this episode of the podcast, we're delighted to welcome Mr. Stephen Lloyd. Stephen is the chairman of the Young Republicans of Oregon and until last week, the uh, chairman of the Multnomah County Republican Party. And so that's one of the things we we're going to talk about is uh, he was recently recalled. He spent uh, what, about six months as the chairman about that yeah um,
1: six
2: months there and it aged you six years
1: 60 uh, I, years, I would I would say it definitely did age me
0: <laughs> so um, why don't we start out do you just give a you know two-minute bio who you are how you came to Oregon you know involvement in politics what got you involved in politics and we'll go from there
1: yeah thank you very much I appreciate that opportunity so my name is Stephen Lloyd and I grew up as a military brat we bounced from military base to military base and I got to see a lot of parts of the world. And because of that, um, you know, growing up in a, in a military um, family, um, your life is a little bit different. And I feel like it was slightly charmed because of that. And so after my dad left the military, we kind of still kept that tradition of moving about once every two years. Mm. And as we did, we... Um, we moved to places like Idaho and, um, into Florida and different places like that. And, um, so the idea of rural urban divide, you can definitely see the difference there. But, um, after I graduated high school, I worked in the oil and gas industry and I did that for about, but give or take about 10 to 12 years. And then, um, I got married and I asked my wife, uh, you know, where would you like to live? I drug you all over some of the uh, most desolate place on the planet. Um, Where would you like to live? And she said, well, I want to live by the ocean and I want to live by the mountains. And we looked at a number of places and they were all on the West coast. And so, um, I said, California is off the table. Uh, (laughs) So why don't, why don't we go check out Oregon and Washington? So we took a little trip and, um, this was obviously pre-COVID, um, and Portland had this really cool spirit about it, really interesting. Um, and we went up to Seattle, and Seattle it was it was a little too much, a little too heavy for me. And so we decided that we were going to start looking for work here, and so I did. And then I realized that um, there was two different parties in the world. There was the Republican party and there was the Democrat party. Before that, living in the, um, you know, living in the Midwest, primarily within the circles that I traveled, you were always a Republican, right? Hmm. Anything else? And, um, it was unheard of. So. Um, I came to Portland and it was during that Newt Bueller election when I saw a, um, I saw an article posted by the past chair of the Multnomah County Republican Party, basically giving all these reasons why we didn't win. And I took a little bit of offense to that. And, and it was because, you know, no one ever called me. Nobody ever asked my opinion. Nobody ever decided that they were going to, you know, ask me who I was voting for. And I felt like it was because, you know, The Republican Party wasn't doing the work. And so... Basically, at that point, I wrote a nasty gram to the Republican Party, and from then on, um, I I was working within the party structure for about two years, and the vacancy opened up for um, the chairman didn't want to run again, and um, I always grew up in a family where if there's a mess, it's if you see it, you've got to clean it up. So, I felt like um, it was my opportunity to come in and to serve the people of Multnomah County and hopefully the state... Because I feel like with better representation, we can give more people in Oregon uh, a better Life to look forward to, and I
0: got, just got to brag on you a little bit. I mean, you took the Young Republicans and, from what was basically a defunct organization uh, that existed in name only, and and basically turned it around into a nationally recognized organization that um, holds events and meetings and and gets people involved. And so, um, just props to you for for doing that.
2: Golf club, golf club for Steven. <laughs> I'll say, uh, first off, you're giving way too much credit to the YouTube people. There's going to be like 13 <laughs> people that watch this. We're we're just at the start of the youtube phase I, I you keep looking the camera doing this like the gym from the office kind of thing with
1: the, like there's like a, a
2: cutaway or something going on that's probably not gonna happen tonight second off uh sorry i was one of the people making calls for for nude so if we if we missed you that's that was my bad uh newt nuclear front of the podcast been on here but uh it's probably why i lost we didn't give you a call my bad. <laughs> it, it was me specifically. I think the whole thing. Yeah, I just <laughs> the one vote that would have changed everything. That's right. But um, but third of all, let me just ask because I I honestly did not know that about you that you kind of bounced around for so, to to see so many different parts of the country. I myself, Oregon's like the eighth state I've lived in, and I I got here and I saw, okay, this is as blue as blue gets the, the, you know, Democrats all up and down the board. And okay, my, my days in politics are over because there's just no avenue for any kind of Republicans going forward. And you get here and you find out that, well, in fact, there are a lot of serious, credible Republicans who, who hold office in, in some way, shape or form. There's a lot more who would like to, and would like to be involved and, I feel like that that had to be kind of a, a coming to Jesus moment for you where you get to see and you say, hey, wait, there's there's work that I can do for people of my political ilk.
1: Well, definitely. And the other thing, too, is I kind of feel like the Democrat Party um, is kind of lazy here. And it's not a personal attack on you guys out there. Um, it's it's the fact that they've won for so long. They've never had to have they to take run a granted. competitive race. Yeah. Exactly. I take it for granted. Yep. And so I feel like where we have, you know, a few a cluster of really excited, really motivated individuals, there's a chance. And uh everybody loves an underdog, right? Everybody wants Absolutely. to Cinderella man this thing.
0: And you know, I've I've said this. I actually mentioned before the podcast I was talking with Will- Willamette Week um earlier today about the recall election, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Um But one of the things I said, like the Democratic Party here in Oregon has overreached so far. They are doing such a poor job managing the state. I mean, we're in downtown Portland right now and you just walk outside and there's homelessness everywhere. You know, the Democrats have controlled this city forever. They've controlled the governor's office for 30 years. um, And yet everything seems to be getting worse. We pay exorbitant taxes. We don't get anything for it. It's just all churned up in bureaucracy and government jobs and inefficiencies. And... You know, even Kate Brown's COVID orders are being challenged by Democrats at this point. I mean, there there is so much turmoil going on, and, and Democrats doing things just it's, like I said, blatant overreach. All we have to do, I think, to win some of those middle voters is not be crazy. And <laughs> a <tall> apparently, task. <laughs> that bar is uh, is sometimes so. a bit too hard for us. So um, I don't believe I said it like that. Please don't print anything. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I mean, just go into this recall. So I obviously I've been a supporter. I voted for you. I I think you did a fantastic job. Thank. You. Um, and uh, just sort of my interpretation of what happened is I felt like there's this old guard of Multnomah County Republicans who kind of felt like they could control you as a young, you know, up and comer that they that they could have you as their kind of their sock puppet. And when they realized they couldn't, they flipped on you and then kicked you out um does that does that kind of sound i mean without <laughs> getting anybody in trouble i guess
1: you know if you would have if you would have uh you know let me know ahead of time by that description, I think that I could have done a better better oh, job sorry about that in, in defending uh, against what did happen because I would well, I don't think it even
0: came to me until just, I mean, yeah. just thinking about it after the fact, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, these same people who supported you six months ago are now coming after you yeah. and all of their claims are just completely out the window, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the thing is is I I was pretty consistent from the beginning about uh, where we were at as a party. Um, there was a lot of work that needed to be done structurally. There was a lot of communication and um, information that needed to be passed and work that needed to be done just on a structural level. Um, and, you know, the issue, yeah, I mean, basically when, when you uh, – come to the table and you do an inventory and you realize what you really have as a party is a lot of work when you start, you know, talking about who needs basically what we need to do in order to, to make that happen. Uh, some people shy away and some people double down and um, those individuals that wanted to do the work in the beginning, um, I I just I guess they decided that they didn't want to do it any longer. <laughs>
2: so I on this was this was my takeaway from from the recall vote because there was a not to get into you know hardcore specifics but there was Please. there was a case for you and there was a case against mm-hmm. you. We we went into the meeting and we heard for twenty minutes the first twenty minutes the mm-hmm. case against you. If I had no idea who you were and I. I admittedly walked into that meeting with my mind made up. But if I had no idea who you were, what was going on, the the whole case against you make me like you more. Like already (laughs) my vote would have been cast as no, please don't recall this person because everybody's complaint was, well, he's trying to make us do stuff. And he wants us to actually have responsibilities and get things done. And it's like. Wait, wait, why are you like, this was the second (laughs) meeting on a weeknight that these folks had shown up to. They're clearly, they're willing to give their time. They're willing to give the time, talent and treasure. I I think people in that organization give all three of those. Mm -hmm. And now you're saying, okay, well, I'm still going to ask you to do that, but I I want to hold you accountable. I want to have some metrics. I want to see, you know, what you can do. And then when you're done with that, what more we can do and let's keep going. And that apparently merits uh, being recalled as the chairman of the largest county party here in the state of Oregon.
1: Well it is really really amazing when you decide or when you decide to um, take stock and basically take measure of what the party is currently doing in order to measure against that after you've set a set of goals and done you know some some really basic goal setting. Um, some people get offended about it because it kind of makes all of the illusions of what they said that they were doing disappear mm-hmm. and people don't like that people people like to keep up uh, an act um and you know it, it was really interesting talking about basically their uh their reason for wanting to um to get rid of me i i think i think at the end of the day it boiled down to a couple individuals um they they didn't like the the leadership style or the direction the party was going and well, here's, I, I'm really proud that they were, that they decided to work so hard and diligently in order to re, in order to do something for the party that they felt strongly about. I just wish that they would have done a, a better job. Different avenue. Yeah. Like supporting special election candidates or, or right.
0: training PCPs. Well, here's what, another thing that I was thinking is, is, <laughs> what's the purpose of a political party? And if you ask me what's the purpose of a political party, it's to win elections. Like, that's it. Period. To win elections. Everything else is to win elections. All the fairs, all the rifle raffles, the, you know, the meetings, the bylaws, the all of that is to win elections. And if you read the ORP bylaw header of what is the purpose of the party, it's got seven or eight things listed, most of which have to do with supporting the platform and informing our elected leaders what they should be voting on. Right. Neither of which it does very well, but when you look at the purpose of a party, and if you believe that, if you believe that the purpose of the party is to support the platform and like do these other things, then winning elections becomes secondary. And so, I think that's part of the, part of what may have been gotten. I mean, not not so much the people that spearheaded this thing. I think that they had vendettas and there was other issues going on there. But like the people who voted for for the recall, I think what may have been going through their heads is just me speculating is they want to promote the party platform mm-hmm. and the party platform has some some in my opinion pretty awful things in it well, um, in, in
2: our opinion In our opinion We did a two we, hour podcast We, we Killed did. a bottle of scotch <laughs> Going through that And just eviscerated The party platform Listeners if you want to go so, If you want yep, to go listen To that
0: plug. Um, The uh, Oregon ORP party platform Is what it's called
2: So and I uh, I'll, I guess I'll just add For the list For the for the viewers That Stephen keeps cutting to very, uh, Which is awesome This is This is, this is going to be the thing That like ups our YouTube count Is like hey, the, eye, the eye contact This is what This is you know The content <laughs> They love the content Um to to just give for somebody that's listening uh, and or watching who is unfamiliar with the situation, you you're what thirty years old or something like that. I'm
1: thirty five. Thirty five years old.
2: You're young, and you got elected chairman of the of the county party of Multnomah County Republican Party, and you are at least in the eyes of a number of the more coddly, MAGA types of the MCRP. You're woke. <laughs> you're you're moderate and squishy because you you said heinous crimes like we should have more people attend our meetings and we should have people in who aren't a hundred percent doctrinaire by the book conservatives and that seemed to get you in the hot water. Am I? Did I miss something? Did I leave anything out?
1: Well, I just want to touch on on the fact that first off, the party platform has changed hundreds of times. True. Yeah. Um, it, it's changed a lot since 1868, I believe it was, um, and the things the, the things that uh, the founders of this party uh, started with might possibly be things that the current members of the party disagree with, and. It, I'm not saying that is a is a negative thing towards the Republican Party but what I'm saying is that our party and our platform changes for a number of different reasons um, throughout history for a lot of different reasons. And the th- the thing is is while I support 95% of the things that are inside the party platform there are some natural grievances that uh, I think that we need to rectify. And I know this is going to sound super nitpicky but we have a as a state GOP, we have a party plank that talks about foreign policy. Mm-hmm. So tell me this: What sense does it make for the GOP to be talking about their support of foreign policy? Like, so, what is Oregon doing in order to support um, the Israelis or the the Taiwan to go to go against? Yeah, to protect Myanmar, Taiwan or or to yeah. like what does the Republican Party of Oregon have to say about Chinese interventionalism creating islands in the like? It's not our business. It's not that's not within our purview. And the other thing is I, I think it almost it, it almost walks that line of being unconstitutional because we're not supposed to have contracts um mm-hmm. and and contracts with other countries as a state. And I just think that, you know, that's separation of power stuff. And there are a number of technical things within our party bylaws that need to be addressed. But it's interesting that it turned into um Discussing the party bylaws became um, one of those pivotal things. That do you totally and unquestionably support the party bylaws? And the fact is, as Republicans and as rational thinking individuals, shameless plug: we should never. <laughs> we, that, this, this is for you, YouTube. We should never be unquestioning about anything.
0: Yeah. 100% 100% yeah and, and to your point yeah every two years that platform changes mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't change a lot but it does over time it it does change but I, I always say I'm about 80% of the platform yeah
2: um I would have given myself 60 that's y'all are both better conservatives. 60
0: well I mean yeah. if you if you go through it um I think it's I don't know there's some, there's can some we, good stuff in can there, we but, talk about that briefly Sure.
1: go uh, ahead th- this idea of uh of conservatism mm-hmm. be honest what has the Republican Party been able to conserve since Reagan? No, I, 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 and I'm asking you guys to think about it too, because the fact is, is we can say that we're conservatives but what have we been actively been able to conserve? Is it the fact that state lands, have we been able to save more of those against the federal government? Is it, um, are, are we talking about like more states rights? Are we conserving that? I would say no. Is it, uh, the ability to, um, have more privacy in our homes? I would say no. Hmm. Uh, what about internet privacy for us young people? Uh, yeah. What about that? Would you, would you guys like a little bit of internet privacy? <laughs> Is that something that should be conserved? I mean, what have we legitimately, measurably been able to conserve? Well, it's the a it's democratic the nature.
2: majority in the state house. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Um,
0: well, it's it's the nature of government to grow, and mm-hmm. it's the nature of government to be more and more expansive. Um, once the government takes power, once it takes money, once it takes control, it's very, very rare that it gives that up. And you know, COVID's a great example of that. And you know, whether or not, whatever your opinions on on Kate Brown and how she's handled this, uh, this was supposed to be a two week pause. That lasted now 14 months. (laughs) So once the government gets their fingers into the economy and says, you guys need to shut down and just takes this authoritarian, dare I say, fascist control of the state, uh, it, it has a really hard time letting go. And it takes... Conservatives to push back on that. And, you know, this is is why I don't support the mask mandate. Not because I think masks are a bad idea or because I think that it's such this great inconvenience to wear a mask, but it's just that little teeny prick at your freedoms that the government has has decided that this is the thing that they're going to start pushing. Hmm. And uh, as conservatives, I think it's our duty to push back on that stuff. When the government starts to overreach and grabs policies and and your freedoms that you don't want to give up, uh, we
2: need to push back civil liberties only ever come one or two at a time. That's a Toby's Eagle line in the West wing. I will, if I may do something I've never done on this podcast before. And that's make the case for Kate Brown. I will, I, I will thought you were going to say, mouth. make the case for the Oregon ducks. <laughs> no, no, definitely, no, we're not, no, we're not doing that. We're already recording in your group. I guess the YouTube people can't see, but this whole wall over here is just duck green. And it's, it's so horrid. It's so ugly. My the wife, eyes burnt? The wife picked the
0: color, not me. So anyway, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
2: I, uh, you could have married an interior decorator, <laughs> or something, man. I just Ouch. throwing that out. There. Ouch! I, uh, yeah, you're lucky Becca, she doesn't. She doesn't listen to these <laughs> anymore. to say that, so, please don't hate me because your wife is so lovely. I um, but but I will say, at, at the start of the pandemic, I'd rather governments at every level overreact than underreact because we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't know how serious this was if, if this really were like the you know this crazy everybody who gets it is going to half the people are going to die this is like stephen king the stand or something like that you you want to overreact rather than underreact where i will criticize the government is not that the two weeks turned into two months turned into six months and now okay we locked re, we eased restrictions and then we put them back in the wintertime My gripe is that the government didn't learn anything. And this is, I guess, maybe I'm not a great conservative because I care less about the size of government than the efficacy of government. Hmm. I'm fine if we have a big government, if it's good at the things that it does and it knows to stay out of the things that it does not do well. And this was a great example of a big government doing something poorly. For the last 14 Hmm. months, we've had so many unnecessary restrictions so many businesses have closed a lot of in a lot of cases for good i think there's been a number of that you can look at the data to see rates of suicide rates of mental health issues rates of abuse have all skyrocketed and the government says well it's all in the name of coronavirus and it's like well but you're you're the whole basic thing for you as a government is to to serve and protect and you're doing neither of these things at this moment you've got yourself with the blinders on with the covid blinders on and i i think they just did a poor job of that so i i feel like that's probably a whole nother podcast is what is the role and the size and the scope of the government but i'll say for where we're at right now we're starting to come out of it it's election season starting to ramp up i the coincidence night- oh yeah coincidence <laughs> oh my is this is this what's happening i saw two potential candidates for governor in the same night last week and we're, you know election season is here what you know what do we have to look forward to? How, how how can Republicans win elections if if we have, you know, people like Jimbo and me are shunned all the time. I'll show you some of the Facebook comments, man. It's, <laughs> it's not great. And uh, you're obviously, you're kind of in the same boat. We have us lonely three just Democrats don't like us because we're Republicans. And a lot of the Republicans don't like us because we're not Republican enough. Like, where where do you go if you're a young person?
1: Well, um, I think that there's a lot of places that you can go. Uh, I think that there's a, there's a lot of organizations that are looking for young individuals to get involved. Um, and dare I say, the Young Republicans of Oregon is always looking for more individuals to come help out. Was it y- out. YRO.org? What's the site? Uh, it's the yro.org. Yeah, Nice. Awesome. I was just Good guessing. Job. I honestly <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you very much for the shameless plug. I appreciate that.
2: Awesome. All about that in this podcast.
1: And, and with that being said, I think that... Um, the Republican Party shouldn't be a place where we um, we try to define individuals, okay, as being Republicans or super super conservatives or uh, rhinos or any one of those things. If there are things that we can work on together, if you know, if you're an individual that says, you know. Uh, James, he thinks that the second amendment is great and you happen to be a uh, second amendment. Uh, like you, you might say, <laughs> well, I think that maybe we shouldn't have artillery pieces as citizens and I might be a second amendment, uh, individual who, who, you know, loves, you know, uh, loves firearm collecting, whatever it is. As long as each of us agree that we don't want to ban our constitutional rights, then there should be some middle ground that we can work on. Um, our constitutional rights should be so uh, sacred amongst Americans where, you know, as long as you're not trying to actively take rights away from each other, you should be able to work together on things.
0: And one of the th- things that we try to do in this podcast is have discussions without getting angry. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important on stuff like. You can have three people who ha- who support the Second Amendment. One person thinks you maybe you shouldn't have artillery weapons. Another person is like, I, if I want a nuke, I'm going to go buy one. And uh, the you know, Swanson un- approach, right? I mean,
1: eighty <laughs> percent. So- you can do an eighty percent on that. 80, 80, <laughs> a- <laughs> but like
0: being able to have those discussions. But then at the end of the day go about and, and vote for the person and work together and not let get bogged down by it. And that's what irritates me so much about the Multnomah County Republicans and even the ORP at this point well, is like, yeah, if you don't support the, I mean, I heard this a number of times during that recall meeting where if you don't support the platform, you should find another party.
1: Well, like, th- that's really, no. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's do a little pushback against that. Okay. 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 go ahead So the individuals who showed up for that recall meeting I believe that number, it made up, um, I'm going to say, around 70% of the members of that party. And just over just over half voted against me. Mm-hmm. For the individuals that did support me but couldn't have been there, I got a number of emails, a number of phone calls that said, unfortunately, I can't be there. That's not the whole party. And even those individuals that did ultimately end up voting to recall me, a lot of those people were really close and on the fence. And the the issue is, is I think that the majority of people are too busy or they're working too hard or they're not in the right cycle in their life that they can give up time to the party. But that doesn't mean that there aren't millions of people in Oregon that are just like you and me who are, are trying to, you know, make their make their little slice of heaven a little and bit this better. And is, this is something
0: that a... Uh a person who shall remain nameless because he's never said this publicly to my knowledge. Um, but friend, other friend of the pod has said a couple of times on, you don't have that problem on the democratic side because if you're a Democrat, you, a lot of times you're a teacher, you're a public employee, you have PERS benefits, you (laughs) have uh, like, and politics means you have a job or you don't politics means you get a retirement or you don't. And so on the democratic side, they, like this is this is their life. Politics for a lot of them is their is their life. And we're on the Republican side. You've got families, you've got jobs, you've got businesses, and it's just we're we're not as much, um, just not in that same mindset where where politics is absolutely everything for us.
2: So I'll say you're gonna
0: push back. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna, go I go ahead. gonna go push back. It. Go I
2: think if you're on the left, you might. Th- think that it's your life. I think there's there's one party that's trying to make sure PERS survives the next three decades. And it is not the Democrats. It is, There is that's one party who's trying to make sure those teachers and those public employees actually do have the retirement benefits that they were promised. And it is not the Democrats in the state of war. I tell you what. But I think uh, going back to your point a little bit, I think this is uh, for as I'm sure gut wrenching uh, of a process as it was and. Uh, 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 obviously the the result that was not something that you were hoping for, this is kind of the beauty of of what, the, what Republican politics is because we, honest to God, are the big tent party. Mm-hmm. We really, really are the party that does embrace all spectrums of right-leaning individuals that looks for the best possible candidates to run for office, the best possible candidates to vote for office, the best possible candidates to donate to for office. Whereas on the Democrats, you're, I mean... You're stuck with supporting like Kate Brown and Shmia Fagan, who are objectively bad people <laughs> at there, I, I mean, seriously, like the, she, Kate Brown has like approval ratings in like the 30s. She's one of like the bottom five governors in the country. And if you're a Democrat, you have to line up behind that and just be like, bah, nah, I, she's our gal or whatever. And it's just like, who, uh, what Oregonian would look around in the middle of a pandemic and think that we would not be better off having a medical doctor in the form of Newt Bueller at the helm right now? Like I, we, obviously, and you can't see some like coronavirus coming, but like we are as Republicans, we, I, I mean, I, I never voted for Donald Trump. I don't support the man's policies. And I think that a lot of stuff is, is pretty out there in terms of like the active lies and treason that he's put into the world. But there's a number of those individuals who are members of the party that I think are wonderful people. You, you can support Donald Trump and still be a good person. And at the end of the day somebody like me who's very anti-maga and squishy and modern and all the you know fun adjectives <laughs> that have been hurled my way i still row in the same boat as a lot of those maga people and if there's i don't know who the nominee for governor is going to be in 2022 but i think a lot of us are all going to be in yeah. that same boat <laughs> <laughs> i do i do. oh is that right well we'll hear it. we'll hear after the pod we'll get the inside scoop Unless you want, to, unless you want to name R, you want to Are you announcing? Are we going to start announcing? A no, I'm definitely
1: not announcing it. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd for Gov. Oh you could get no, recalled From phone, that phone. too, you could get like a trifecta. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what I want to do. Wanna do. Yeah. I've got money to burn. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Well, I.
2: Uh, let me ask, what's, what's next? What does a, uh, a six month person on the job of the, the largest county party for the Republicans in the state of Oregon, who's now been recalled? What's, what do you do to further the, the party's interests, further the candidates? Do you like help people get involved? Which is, I, this is a massive thing on our podcast as we, you know, everybody pays attention to the president and the governor and whatever, but like we got an email four or five months ago from a woman in Oregon city who says, I want to start getting involved at like, county budget meetings or something It's like that's amazing if like Mm -hmm. if listening to our podcast made one person do that it's worth every single hour we've put into this
1: absolutely so kind of talking about the future for myself and uh and for the party in general is that um i'm not going anywhere right there's too much work to be done Right? You see a mess. And as we kind of dug into this thing, as we started, you know, turning mattresses over and we realized that there's a lot of work, a lot of renovation that needs to be done. Um, throughout the entire state, um, both in the county level and also on the state level. So with that being said, um, I was approached by the state party and they asked me to work alongside them for the digital communications for the party and I accepted that position. And so I'll be I'll be doing a little bit of work for them on that. Um, and then also, um, we' I'm still going to be actively, um, supporting candidates, both running for the gubernatorial election, along with every other candidate that we can shake a stick at. Um, just because I don't have a feather in my cap doesn't mean that we can't be effective. And actually, the one thing that I learned, um, so I just want to take a step back and say, I relished, I, I loved... Being the chairman of the Multnomah County Republican Party, and the reason was, is because you know sometimes when you work for a nonprofit, sometimes when you work for a company, sometimes when you do you know other things, it it puts your political life in jeopardy, in that you can't say who you really are. And I felt like being the chairman of the Multnomah County Republican Party, I felt like I could say, yeah. I'm a Republican, and this is what Republicans are about. And uh, you should be a Republican too because you don't like paying a lot of taxes, and you don't want um, you know you don't want your parks messed up, you don't want your city messed up, you want your cops to show up when you call them. Like I loved being the chairman, and what it kind of taught me though is that. As being the chairman, there's a lot of responsibilities that come with it that, you know, the internal party politics distracts from a lot of the work. And I'm sure anybody who has uh, been in an executive position can kind of can kind of uh, understand that. And now I feel like now I have an opportunity where I can really drill down and focus on really helping those candidates out. Because the one thing that I've had the really amazing opportunity to do is... I've been able to cultivate a really, really great group of individuals, and whether it be in the Young Republicans, whether it be in Multnomah County, these are individuals that, you know, I can call up in the middle of the night and I can say, hey, we got somebody that needs our help tomorrow. We, you remember where you put those signs last month? Well, we need to go pick those signs back up. Like, you, do you remember this individual? Well, guess what? Now we need to do a speech for them. Now we need to do this, that. The political work doesn't end, and I got to tell you, I feel like I have a little bit of a little bit more more freedom to act um, independently. And now that the the I'm gonna the chains are off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get ready, Oregon. <laughs> now we can uh, now we can we can kick in the front door and say, all right, it's time to do the work, and uh, let's do this.
0: Cool. I would just like to say a little call to action here. If you're listening to this podcast and you are not a precinct committee person, uh, I would highly, highly recommend you calling up your, your local county party and figuring out how to do that. It's the SEL 105. Um, you should have a precinct committee person chair at your local party. And it's just the, it's just the basic first step toward being more involved in the party and you can come to these kind of events and 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 vote on things and honestly
2: well, if that's too much work email us we'll figure exactly.
0: it out exactly james at Jamesaball.com. email it me i'll we'll figure, we'll it, figure it, out. it out for you um but just with the the Multnomah well, County republican party because we are so big is authorized like 1100 pcps or something like that and i think we have like 150 so there's you know 900 spots Unfilled, a thousand spots almost unfilled. And the vote to recall you was 47 to 36. Mm-hmm. That's 11 votes. Mm-hmm. If we could get 15, 20, 30 new precinct committee people in this Multnomah County, we could have reversed that. Like, that could have not, that whole thing could have not happened.
2: Or you even know? if you're a hardcore conservative, if you're, like, hate-watching us right now and you're like, oh, these <laughs> these rational Republicans, they're not so rational, they're pro-this, anti-this, whatever, like, I don't, That that's awesome. Still show up. Like, if if you get involved at your local party level, it takes, like, six people to, to start showing up and, like, making a difference at things. It's really, really like at the, at these kind of levels. And like I said, everybody pays attention to, to president, to governor, to Senate, whatever at, at this level, this local level. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much. Yeah. It is,
0: it is boring. Well, the, the the recall thing started at 7 PM and ended at 11 and it was a lot of parliamentary nonsense. And I was on the edge of my seat and (laughs) (laughs) one person was thrilled. It was, it was but, like reality TV right <laughs> but it's I mean it's boring but I've said this a million times change is boring you know if you want to go down to the justice center and throw rocks at police you know maybe you'll feel better about yourself but you're not actually changing anything if you want to change something go to your city council meetings you're getting a little uh, cameo here from from Charlie on, uh, my dog Um get you on camera um, if you if you want to make change go to your city council meetings go to your neighborhood association meetings get involved with your county party Learn Robert's rules. Read the bylaws. It's boring. and it, But that is how you change things.
1: And I would just like to speak to the importance of PCPs because a lot of people believe that PCPs are, you know, they're the lowest rung of the Republican Party. And while it is is kind of an entry level into politics, I have to say, the way that the real dynamic of what a PCP is supposed to be is you are an elected representative of your part of your city, your geographical area, to the party. So what you're supposed to be doing is you're supposed to be going out there, talking to the people in your community and say, hey, what what should the Republican Party be doing for you? And as you have those conversations and you come to the table and you have that time, you say, hey... We have a real problem with potholes, and we want to find a candidate that can help us out with that. And guess what? I know a guy, he's a pastor at a church who's in my area. He would make a great representative. And that's your job as a PCP, to find out what's going on in your community, to be the voice for all of those people in your community to the party. You tell them what they should be doing. That is the whole point of a PCP. And if you want to be able to throw your weight around and tell all of those Republican chair people what they should be doing, this is the opportunity. And one thing that I'm super excited about is, now I'm going to say it, so i got to do it, um, we're going to be rolling out some training for some statewide PCP training so that we can standardize things across the board so that when people come to the table, they can see a training agenda that they can go through on YouTube and they can do it at any time. They don't have to wait for some special meeting or some special book. And we're going to try and get all of those documents, whether you be a house district captain or whether you be a PCP, those types of jobs, we should be able to say cut and dry. This is your job. This is your, this is your job description and you should be doing X, Y, and Z every single month. And that way you hold your Republican party accountable and we can do much much better more effective work for not only Oregon but also the people here so that they can have the best representatives that they possibly can and that's what the Republican Party should be doing.
2: Did uh, did we just break news on rational? Did we just? Yeah, is this you a, sure, did. You oh, sure did. this is the first I think for us. We were we
0: were this close to having the Attorney General uh, oh, yeah. we announce almost. announce on our announce on our podcast. It, really uh, it, uh, it didn't work yeah, it out didn't that work way. Out. But, he didn't
2: run. But. Um, <laughs> he was going but, to. We were going but to. But now, but we've broken news today. Here Whoa, we've broken news this? May twelfth or whatever today is. Yeah, yeah. Here. here. Very cool.
1: Well, so I'm going to need help with some video editing and some really (laughs) good (laughs) speakers. So you guys can go ahead, contact James. We'll, we'll get you through the pipeline. So yro.org,
2: James at jamesaball.com. Yep. It's going to be awesome. That's right. We get good work done. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Well, we are a little early, but, um, I think that's a really good spot to kind of turn down the podcast. But one of the things we do before we, um, before we let you go is we always ask our guests the question, um, who is your favorite Republican?
1: Well, Thomas Jefferson wasn't a Republican because it wasn't around yet, but Thomas Jefferson was one of the greatest statesmen um, of all time. And um, I think that uh, as Americans and as Republicans, you could grow immensely by reading his works and um, kind of understanding the challenges that were going on in in that time in the world.
2: So I... I don't know if you heard, but there's this play called Hamilton,
1: oh, yeah. and it does not paint <laughs> Thomas
2: Jefferson in a super positive light.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but at the same time, uh, they, they wrote that... To make money, <laughs> which which is great because I, I'm happy that they're going more capitalist. Otherwise, you know, um, I mean, so yeah, I, the whole yeah. thing
0: falls apart if we yeah. try to. There it is. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, you've honestly piqued my curiosity. I, for the last kind of couple of years, I've been like, oh, TJ, this guy was guy was rough. We'll have to. I'll have well, to go read a little bit more the, of what he says.
1: The the thing is, is like, if you took if you stepped back and looked objectively at anyone's life we're all a little rough. There are, there are things that we're, we're not all perfect at. Um, and you know, the, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really inspired by not only his works, but his words. And so, um, yeah, I think a lot of those,
0: the founding fathers were just brilliant. And some of the things that they came up with, I mean, still sure. just, just amazed of the, you know, co-equal branches of government and the, the fact that that's lasted this long, um, and you know one of my one of my concerns and critiques of the federal government is the the concentration of power in the in the executive branch, um, whether it's Biden or Trump or Obama, the the rule by executive order, and the fact that Congress lets them get away with it. But the fact that it's taken you know 250 years, and we're still going strong with this with Congress. You know, as long as they keep keep the executive branch in check, do their jobs, um, and keep going for 250 more years.
2: So cheers for America.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So can I, can I give one story? Yeah, go uh, ahead. One reason I like Thomas Jefferson so much. Okay. So I, I, believe that, uh, during, during the time of like right before the Louisiana Purchase, we had this situation where, um, down in Louisiana, this was all owned by the territory was all owned by the French, of course. Mm-hmm. And this was about the same time that Napoleon was marching across Europe and all of this stuff, and he's getting his butt handed to him. And, Thomas Jefferson was legitimately concerned that maybe Napoleon was going to cross the ocean in order to come to Louisiana because they had this they had this great port down there and march across the United States and it would have been super easy for them to do that. So Thomas Jefferson was basically working against time in order to send out Lewis and Clark and being like, "Okay, well maybe we should totally buy this and then when they did the louisiana purchase it was it was an amazing opportunity um and but that all like it depends on where you stand on westward expansionism and all sure and all of that it's, it's a very complicated
2: stuff. time yeah. in u.s history but, for sure
1: super exciting super exciting stuff interesting
2: good stuff here all we do is argue about like newt bueller and kate brown and stuff today <laughs> that was real questions back in the day not obviously i i only say that because i think there's a pretty clear choice between newt bueller and kate brown it's not, it's not much of an argument there but i hear here that's a, we've we've honestly never gotten thomas jefferson as an answer before on that question yeah. well i mean he is not a republican so right it's like right. you know so, kind of outside question. Question. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right well with that we'll let you go Stephen. thank you so much for coming on the podcast and Listeners, we will talk to you next time. And viewers. And viewers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Rational Republican Podcast. Your hosts are James Ball and Nick Perlosky. The show today is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors of Portland, serving the greater Portland metro area for all your garage door installation and repair needs. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at james at or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can find our episodes at jamesaball.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.